Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Black Woman's Hour. This is our Black Queens episode. Woo! I should have got a trumpet or something. Yeah, I should have got a trumpet or something. Like they've got Molly and Ben. Um, so because uh, it's International Women's Day, we thought what better way to celebrate International Women's Day apart from celebrating our Black Queens. And we have three amazing Black Queens in the house today. We have the Queen of uh, Comedy, Angie Lamar. And we have Michelle Gale, the only ex-soap star to uh, out decent pop music. <laughs> and the reason why so many Black women messed up their hair with finger waves. <laughs> we were going for that look, right? And we just, lots of us never made it. You made that iconic. And Judy Jacobs, also an ex-Eastender. Also, you're in the middle of the two, right? Because you're bringing the two worlds together because you also do comedy as well. You're in The Real McCoy. Yeah. And you're very fit as well. I try to be. That's how I breathe. It's the only thing I've got control of in my life. I've got no control of anything else except for training. So yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Because you look amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I, it changes all the time, but... I, now I'm getting older. I want to do more strength training. Yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. I do. I do. I mix up with some boxing, some kicking, mix up with some martial arts, plus some weight training and plus just moving because I can't run anymore because my yeah. arthritis in my right knee. Don't, don't. Oh, I can't bear not being able to run. Oh, man. But you look amazing anyway. So that's some integration. As you can see, I have a lockdown face. <laughs> I have lockdown hair. <laughs> I, I, have lockdown doing. I like that look. That looks lovely. Oh, girls, I have to wash this hair. I'm like, oh, this hair is... I have to wash this hair, you know. We were doing an experiment. Like, we wanted to see, because I had these twists in, and I'm just like that. So we were just watching them slowly become, like, uh, the guy from The Harder They Come. You know, the the Rasta friend. (laughs) Like, they were just getting out of control. But then I had to go and do some filming on Friday, so I had to take them out and stick this thing on. And I don't... I haven't worn straight hair for years and I don't, I don't like it. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, Aisha, my trusty sidekick, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, it's all good here. Looking forward to uh, the interview. It's been all I've been thinking about, basically. Exactly. First day She's been very <laughs> excited, by the way. She has been. Because <laughs> you hear Aisha's voice. She has like a 40 a day voice. And when she found out you guys were all coming on, it like literally went up a couple of octaves. So <laughs> I'm so excited. Yay. So International Women's Day. Um, so yeah, celebrating it no better way than with uh, other black women. Because mm-hmm. we are getting it, it's it's hard out there, really, for black women, isn't it? It's the it's whole, exhausting. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's exhausting. Like, do you think it's got easier for black women? Um now there's Twitter, now there's more of a community, because I do wish there had been some of this sort of when I was had started in comedy or when I was doing early, even when I was younger, do you know what I mean? There's so much, especially when you're a dark-skinned woman, um, there's so much to affirm you out there now that there wasn't before. Angie, do you see that? Yeah, I think you're, you're right. Definitely there's some so much more to choose from, so much more to help you to navigate you through this society. I think back then, before we had social media, we had core friendships, core teams and family was, I think, a lot stronger. 
So we could kind of get through it that way. Because, you know, we're, we're having the best of both worlds now. We, we're pre-social media. And now we're living in a time whereby as soon as something happens, we can jump in and defend, jump in and argue. And we, we have a voice now. And I think now Black women are using it in such a fantastic way right now. We had literally you back in the day. You were doing the plays, the sisters. You were doing like <laughs> the, the panel sort of chat shows and you were doing so much. And that we kind of, but yeah, like you said, it's more instant. How have you found it, Michelle? Um, I find it, I find it draining. Sometimes I just have to kind of, I, 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 I listen and, and I observe. And then sometimes I check out because I actually find it exhausting because I'm still navigating the industry. And I know the battles I'm having because I'm writing and developing shows that I actually can't say. So it gets quite frustrating because... I'm seeing things going back and forth, but I know, man, if I go on Twitter, <laughs> woo, yeah. I know. So yeah. I have to kind of go, I need to just step away and just observe because um, I do, I like to do my fighting in a different way. So I observe Twitter, but I've been in the industry a long time and I've had a lot of battles with exec producers, producers yeah. that nobody knows about. So yeah. I will have those conversations and those fights there. Um, and, and I keep it cool because they usually kind of appease me in some way. And then, and then the deal is, okay, cool. You've, you've done what I've asked. I'm not going to expose you. Um, so that's kind of the way I've been doing things behind the scenes. Um, but for me personally, a lot of my work, I like to do the talking and that's why it's really important for me that the things I'm developing get on the screen because that on-screen representation from a black woman who's written it, I think will really, really ground us and ground a lot of the arguments in a way that people understand a bit more why mm -hmm. certain people, what, why black women think the way that we do well, mm -hmm. and why we're justified to think the way we do. So a lot of my projects try and um, unpick that through drama. So you kind of got an, an understanding of where that anger and those feelings come from. And so it's really important for me to get those done. Yeah. Um, yeah, Judith, cause you've done the chat show, live chat show, I've been on that as well. You just seem to like just do everything. Was that like your conscious decision? How do you find it? Because you were, uh, um, a cast member of The Real McCoy. And people think The Real McCoy, like, do you think Twitter helped in getting that release because they lost it, um, but then they found it? And that's because there was a lot of pressure. Do you think Do you think social media has been helpful in that type of way? I think social media was definitely prominent, but actually it was the death of George Floyd, I think, that made all the difference. And all of a sudden, from tapes that are lost and burnt, and I'll kind of ting, actually, it happened to be <laughs> one set of tapes, mm -hmm. miraculously appeared. And I, I always thank the miracle of Phoenix when things return from the burning ashes, which is what's happened with the real McCoy. It's come back out from somewhere. Oh, um, thank God, right? <laughs> yeah. I want them to find no problem now because no problem is also having yes! this whole thing. Yeah. And get up, stand up as well. It's been lost. It's oh. anything but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No problem. Get up, stand up. That was like. We're still waiting. 
Wow, I loved that. Oh, yours is not burnt yet, is it? Or it's just... I don't know if it's in the fire. It's lost now, but it might reach the fire. And it then might it'll reach the back, fire. You know? <laughs> no, no problem is lost. No problem is lost. Is that what you're saying to me? That's what they've said, but we know it's not true because Malcolm's son was working in um, wherever we've done at LWTS. And he, he said he found them. He said to his dad, I've seen them. They're there. Yeah. But... They could have gone lost since that moment of time, but we know that they were definitely around at some stage when it was lost. When it was officially lost, he'd seen them. So I find it really disheartening. I mean, Michelle, you're talking about the way that you deal with things and Angie, you just always got on and you were like the first person that I saw anyway that was just going, okay, I'll do my own chat show. You were writing all those plays. You were just doing Mm. what you wanted. Do you know what I mean? You were just like, I'll do it myself. Because I kind of got that from you. I just do it myself now. I've had enough of it. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, how does it feel? I feel like it's, why would you want to hide stuff or say you can't find it or give you the benefit of doubt? Why wouldn't you put the effort? It feels like such a kick in the t- teeth. You know it's what I mean? It's disgusting. It's been bad business. It's appalling. It's appalling. It's appalling. You're talking about records of, of, generations of black people here who mm. have put their work on screen are, and we know we can see pathé films from the 1920s yes. and 1930s and you're telling us the very few black people who actually made it onto the screen did not warrant you keeping the tapes that tells you a lot about how you view um the black people of this country to me because it wasn't like yeah. you had a hundred shows <laughs> That's and the thing is, as well, you've got those shows like Comedy Gold. You've got all those old shows that have constantly been repeated. That's army. All it says to history is that we didn't exist. You know, when we grew up, we were watching Angel, watching Judith on Angel, no problem. I mean, these are people that inspired us. And, you know, we continue to move forward. But then nobody has any documentation that we exist. So we always look like we're starting again. Like. Yes. Show, right. sitcom like you know we've done this yeah there is a legacy there is a legacy yeah. and you know it's also doing it's also cutting off revenue for those actors to make money i mean how That's dare right. they we can't get our repeat fees can we how because dare it's not, they not allow our right. pioneers to not get paid yeah yeah right because that's what they're doing it's the same thing with the Windrush, though, isn't it? When they burnt, destroyed all the paperwork and then left it to the people who you've destroyed their paperwork to now prove that they've been here for the last 60, 50 years of their life. But oh, you, destroyed you destroyed the destroyed paperwork. My uncle, was one, my uncle was one of them. Lost no. his job. Lost his job. Lost his job on the strength of it. Yeah. You know, the hate, the, that, it takes hate. I mean, we're just going to have to call it. This is... Yeah deep-rooted hate. Yeah. Everywhere we move, if we're in the health, business, entertainment, there's always some core stopping it moving. And right now, mate, it's changed. This is what's happening. It's changed. We're now not playing the game. You see, I can't sit in those meetings and pretend with them. I can't play the game. I've never been able to play the game. So... That's why I've had to create my own work because I think you don't want me to do it, so say you. I can't go in that theatre. Watch, I I go and hire it then. Yeah, Yeah. I admit I don't pretend with them. I don't. I'm not not saying that you pretend. I'm just saying that for me, I've sat down and tried to do the old. Okay, and this is what you said you wanted, right? And then I've given it to you, and then they say, well, actually, 
would like it more like this yeah and this and all of that and so we went to the meeting this. of writers of color and we sat down and it was one note all of us got right seems a bit small the story seems a bit and when you think right that's just your note and then you sit down with 10 other people they got the same note <laughs> black and asian and every single person have that note and yeah. you go wow that's like yeah. some stock a stock note standard isn't one it? isn't it yeah just yeah. reel that one out i yeah. don't think um there's for me personally i'm not there's no criticism for anybody else's method do you know what i mean i think yeah, yeah. my my method mm. is kind of in your face like oh p- you know piss off um kind of thing but i yeah. I, I know i'm not stupid i know i will probably get away with that more than a ninia benjamin would yeah. Because of the way we're perce- perceived or whatever. Do you know what I mean? If I'm yeah. coming up and I went to boarding school and I sound the way I sound, whatever, it's taken a different way than if Ninia yeah. had said what I said. So yeah. for me, I think we all have tools in our arsenal. We all use them the way that we That's use them. Right. And the they all count. Is, yeah, they all count. Do you know what I mean? They all count. It's like, um, uh, oh God, I can't. There's a guy called Amir Suleiman and he was a deaf. Uh, deaf poetry jam guy and he was going it's between the glock and the pen the experience of the old the enthusiasm of the young it's everybody yeah. together everybody it, has it. a different method of what they do and I absolutely completely respect that yeah. I think um, also something else that people don't realize I only just found out in the last year or year and a half that the telegraph when I was working there for six months were paying everybody properly except me and I remember wow. Having um, every time somebody says what their pay was from a telegraph, like I'm like, are you kidding me? So you even go in into these things at disadvantage, you know? When you yeah. just turn around, you go, you turn to people. I think um, over lockdown, after George Floyd, people did come out, especially in publishing, and say, well, this is what I was offered. And then you have Marjorie Blackman looking at what Matt, Matt Haig earns, going, are you kidding me? Yeah, I yeah. do like so they come at us from a lower level anyway. Yeah. So I think you know to have these conversations and to keep this open yeah. is also yeah. really really important. That we share information. I was just going to ask what kind of difference, like like what was it orders of magnitude, like you know in the in the pay uh, pay differences. I was given fifty pound per piece for an article. Yeah. For in the Telegraph. In the Telegraph. Well, Boris Johnson was obviously, he was getting 250 grand a year. Um, yes. I've spoken to um, other people now that were writing, like Brooke Magnati, mm-hmm. who was Belle du Jour. Yeah. She was earning twice what I was earning. Um, there's a guy on Twitter called Broken Bottle Boy who was saying yeah. he was earning a grand a month. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Well, that's the thing. That and they women, were like, there's a whole divide between men and women's money. And then you've got mm. women, and then you've got black women's money in comparison to white women. So there's a divide of women anyway. Yeah. And then as a black woman, you're getting less than the white woman is being paid. So we're always yeah. at the bottom of the thing. And you yeah. won't, because money is a thing, we don't, everybody doesn't talk about money. <coughs> yeah, yeah. But the moment you do, is actually, it, it keeps them good if we don't talk money, because you're thinking, oh, I'm doing all right, Jack. And, and actually, there's a- by talking it is when you realise, uh-uh, you ain't doing good. But you know what? So go on, Michelle. There seems to be an attitude that when you do get into those big jobs, those big corporate, so-called the big corporate crossover jobs, that you should be grateful. Yes, that's right. And we have to be really, really careful 
that we don't think we're grateful. Yeah. We have to really, really be careful that we don't think, oh, well, I'm really lucky to be working for the Telegraph. I'm really lucky yeah. to be on these tenders. So I better yeah. rock the boat, right? Because, because they project that on us as if you're so lucky we've let you in, sometimes it can be so fulfilling. And I fight that all the time, that feeling of, oh my God, I'm, I'm lucky I'm playing Hermione and Harry Granger, Harry, Hermione Granger in Harry Potter. Yeah, well, I, I did earn it. Yes, exactly. I earned my money. And I've earned the right to have that dressing room. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes I've had the number one dressing room where someone has said, would you mind sharing it with blah, blah, because she doesn't like sharing. And I've gone, cool, I'll share. But I know white actresses have gone, absolutely not. I'm not sharing my number one dressing room because I've earned the right to get my number one dressing room and I'm not sharing it. Whereas me, I'll go, oh, well, yeah, okay. And, And I'm learning now that... I don't have to be grateful. I don't have to be nice. I don't have to be, I've earned my job. Yeah. It's, it's not something to be grateful for. And I, and I think we've yeah. got to really, really be careful to let them know, don't act as if we should be grateful because we're actually good at what we do. And also, also the money conversation is something that we need to also be very confident in having that money conversation. Mm, I agree. And not having people telling you, this is what we're paying you. That might be what you're paying me. Because I've done many things and they've gone, oh, this is what we're paying. And I say, no, no, you can't pre-negotiate for me. Yeah. You can't yeah. me to do something. You can't tell me what you're paying. I don't go to a shop and say, um, I'll have all of this. doesn't <laughs> <laughs> work like that. So you tell me, I'll tell you, and then we'll discuss whether or not you can actually afford me. Because yeah. if you can't afford me, I've got a list of people that I can recommend. Because you know what? I didn't just come. And you know, we always have to keep starting again. Every ladder we go, we climb up and we've got to start again. So mm-hmm. these people know us. You know, if your researchers don't know who I am, guess what? It's in the title. Research. Yeah. <laughs> Find out who I am. And when I come in, talk to me like, you know, like I've been there. Don't talk to me like, oh, right, I don't know who you are, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, blah, blah, blah. Don't, that's a disrespect. Yeah. So, pull them up and say listen this is this is the deal and so you get called a troublemaker you get called aggressive you get called all those things and at half Angry. Called, i just think really i'm tired of it i'm tired it, of it. It, it, we've got to keep trying Everything. it is i mean you have you had radio shows your own tv show and stuff like you just think would you talk to ruby wax like that would you talk to jenny eclair like that you know what i mean it's just like no, I think that's really because we weren't on television last night. We weren't on television last night, so our credibility goes straight away. Yes, it does. I agree. That's the problem. You know, when we talk about someone like Judith Jacob, who is in our eyes, you know, she's a legend. Yes, she is. Who up watching her and thinking yeah. she can do it? She inspires me to do it. So when we see her, we want to see her more. Actually, if you don't mind, and so yeah. you keep. We always have to be new. We always have to be the next one that's come out and everybody who's gone before is finished. Yeah. In any other culture. Because um, Carmen Monroe, I mean, I almost gave up the whole will to act when Carmen Monroe was telling us the story of um, was it the Royal Court. They asked her to come in and audition. They wanted her to do a classic and a modern. We went, wait. They asked you to come in. Carmen Monroe, they were asking to audition. That's when she said she's leaving the country and she went off to America and um, 
Desmond's happened and then she came back and said, yeah. But we all went, if they're doing that to you, we stand no chance. No chance. This is Carmen Monroe you're telling you you want her. They would it's never do that to any of the equivalent white actresses. They would given her the script and asked her, do you want to do this part? And how much do you cost? I wrote on a sitcom, and I know that to be true, because we had a white actress on that sitcom who was a sort of plastic actress who had a body of work, and someone had said, oh, you know, when's she going to audition? And the producer went, you don't ask her to audition. Mm-hmm. You call her and you offer her the part. And that was, I was like, wow, that's just, yes, you like school. We can hear you singing it. Like, I'm so really right. Thank you, Mion. Do you know what I mean? Um, stop, babe, stop. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, they don't ask um, act, white actresses and white no, presenters. Not and the same no. You know, mm-hmm. Even, um, you're not even giving all the information. I remember last year when the George Floyd thing came and when they got found the real McCoy, when they started taking off Little Britain and uh, all those other kinds of things. apologies came in. Yes, and they asked me to go yeah. on the Today programme. They wouldn't tell me who I was going to be speaking against. They said they wouldn't tell me till I agreed to do it. And they Why? Said, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. They said, well, if you agree to do it, then we will tell you who it is. And I assumed it was going to be someone like, you know, Jim Davidson, because it was like, there's a white comedian that wants to defend doing blackface. And uh, we're not going to tell. And I was like, well, I assumed it would have been one of the older guys. It was, yeah. well, yeah. Harry Enfield. Um, yeah, it was just weird. Like, you're not given information. You're treated, you know what I mean? In a certain way, it's quite patronising. And I do mm-hmm. think there is, I totally agree, because you still see it with, someone like Stormzy, like, you can't tell Stormzy to be grateful, like, he's yeah. writing his own stuff, he's a rapper, do you know what I mean? It's like, my son's age group, I don't, I can hear it's good, you know what I mean? It's not my, do you, but how can you tell Stormzy he's got to be grateful for this country, you know, and then they go into his parentage, and then yeah, they go... That's what they tried to do, didn't they? You should, you're yeah. lucky, go back then, if you're... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you were here and your mum was allowed to be a single mum here allowed yeah. to be what the hell are you talking about <laughs> allowed yeah, to all be. the fact that our ancestors built this country for you actually we gave you this country i am doing a project free. called reimagined right it's a, it's a charity project and we're doing a it's an art education project um, that's going to educate the whole country, hopefully, about the realities of sla- the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade, like from, from before Africa, from mother, mother Africa before slavery started, right, right the way through to, to imagine what the world will be like once we've had an honest conversation, right? So it's quite, it's quite a positive piece in us trying to make sure we have a Black British identity that we can own, because what I always say is, we put the great in Great Britain. Mm. We put the great in that country. Like, yeah. So the fact that we feel embarrassed to even say we're British, no, 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 mm. no, 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 no. I helped make this country, my, my ancestors helped make this country great. Yeah. I should be able to own it. I should be able to absolutely own it unequivocally, unequivocally <laughs> and, not, and not feel grateful at all. It's my country. <laughs> Just like they'll say, I want my country yeah. back. I want my country back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, give me back mine. It's my country too, you know. Right. <laughs> so, so it's very much about us trying to really understand how much damage has been done to us psychologically to the point where we're nervous to admit we're British, you know. 
because we do not feel represented. We do not feel appreciated. We do not feel that people want us here still. We still feel that way. And it was funny because my friend asked her daughter, who's 21, went to Cambridge, back, went to Cambridge. And she said, do you feel British? And she said, no, I never say I'm British. And she was shocked that even her daughter at 21, born here, still felt, oh, she doesn't really say she's British. She says, oh, I'm half African, half, you know, my mum's this, my mum, my grandma's this, my grandma's that, you know. So we've got a lot of work to do in, in owning the fact that we're British and we made it great. And, and having the whole country realise that, um, so yeah, so that's the project that I'm working on. So that's why I say, well, sometimes I just try and let my work do the talking because I get headaches, man, on Twitter. Because yeah. the oh. arguments, the, it, it's so upsetting when you hear people like that male journalist saying, when I see Megan, I see a pretty woman. And when Oprah's a black woman. And, oh. and do you think... Oh, we were wow. going we to get to that, actually. Oh, good. Because it's upsetting. Get, before we get I, to the unless you sometimes close and go to sleep. Like, I have to close my, my laptop and roll over because it's so upsetting. Yeah. I was yeah, going to say, on, before we get on to the way that we're perceived and stuff like that, I was just going to ask you all quickly, because you all do have such amazing projects of your own. Do you get um, more satisfaction out of something that you've written and created yourself? Or did you get more satisfaction out of being on something like Get Up, Stand Up or EastEnders or The Real McCoy, knowing that other little black girls see you? Oh, I think it's for me, it's, I think it's a mixture of both. I find, you know, when I was doing Get Up, Stand Up with, you know, I watched No Problem growing up. And I remember when I went to, when I got Get Up, Stand Up and uh, Chris Tummins and Malcolm Fredericks came in the room and I was like beside myself because I just thought, oh my God, they actually don't know what no problem meant to me. So there's that. And because of them, I'm here. And you've got the other side of it, you know, a guest appearance in the Real McCoy. So many people think I was actually in the Real McCoy. I did five minutes, but five minutes was life-changing. And then when I write my pen and write my story, I write the bits that when I go for auditions, I think we're not like that. We wouldn't actually say that. So I'm gonna go and quickly write it and see what we would say. And then funny black women came. I wanted to write about black men. The brothers came. I wanted to write about young girls. Do you, do, do you, do you know your daughters um, came? 40. You never see black women talking about their story as they get older and the trials and tribulations that they've gone through. I wanted to write that. So I had a, I've, I've enjoyed all of that. And I think it's important that we get the power of the pen. And then we also, as actors, be allowed to take other people's work and take it to another place. So I think it's a was and sorry just to say the way they're writing right now in diversity and all the things that they're trying to do they're still missing out the black voice you know when we're, we're not just trauma yes 100 yeah. i'm not going to agree with that. what Angela don't said worry about... they've been told that <laughs> trust me i've told them that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that i mean it's that. good to be able to do things like um no problem is our baby because we wrote it and it's yeah. out and a mass thing. So that was beautiful to do that. The real McCoy is the people involved in that are doing the work and putting it on as in Get Up Stand Up. You lot created the material that came yeah. in that. So that makes a big difference with the material that you're putting out there is because it's people that you trust. And then you go and do a job and you're so happy to get a job. And then you get a script and you're like, oh God. Mm. <laughs> 
okay, so this is this. Is, all right, I, I've got the job. <laughs> yeah. I've got the job. So then you're doing this and you sit and you go, um, you know that they say this. Is it possible that we say it like this instead? Oh, why? Well, you wouldn't really do it like that. Oh, well, the writer has really thought about this. And mm, okay, okay. <laughs> How many battles are you going to go through? Sometimes you choose them because you just know that you're not going to win all of them. So you pick the ones that you know that you really have. Those are the ones that you're your deal breakers. So you go for your deal breakers and you say, well, okay, because if you're not going to get your deal breakers, that's the time you have to say. And it's taken me a long while. Don't get me twisted. I was not like this in my 20s or my 30s. I've learned as I've got older, my own strength. I've learned that actually... If I'm not in a job, it's not the end of my world, even though I thought that before. I just thought, oh, no, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. It doesn't matter if I go home crying. I've got to do this job. So now I have deal breakers and I will go, okay. And if they really think that they can't change, then I can't do it either. But it's taken me, whoa, a long time to be able to say I'm saying what I'm saying and say it with reality because I've done it. I've been there when I've gone line is not right and it wasn't even yeah. my line I was it was an extended <laughs> job and it was me and Gary Mack and it was actually Gary Mack in the scene and I said to Gary how do you feel because I really want to approach about this line I'm not happy and he said well what do you think I said I said I I'm not happy he said well if you're not happy I goes no we need to know what our bottom line is because if they say they're not changing it are we prepared to walk he said I'm with you I'm with you if you want to walk we walk I was like okay okay spoke to Julia and I said, look, this line, I'm really offended. She goes, oh, I didn't realise it was that offensive. And we didn't even get to the point of me saying I'll leave. It was just, I didn't realise it was offensive. We'll take it out. Mm. And it was gone. But, you know, you have to make markers and go, right, well, what are you going to do about it? If it doesn't yeah. change, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay or are you going to go? And it took me a long time to get there. But that's now my bottom line. I have to make decisions. I no longer want to go home crying. I don't want to sit there and go... Uh, and your heart goes yeah. all funny and I don't want to do that to myself anymore so, wow yeah. it's really yeah. it's, I mean I did I was only in it for five minutes as well like the crouches we could have done with some of that attitude on that set <laughs> they were all young themselves you know yeah, we, I, we, I wouldn't probably have been there really I just remember like the rehearsal I was in and the thing there was a lot of like whispering going Wow. You know what I mean? And I think that, yeah, it's really important to have that. I think um, we're like, I don't know, have you ever done straight stand-up? Like, Angie, when we do stand-up, we have more freedom to do that. To yeah. say, I'm not, I'm just, it's your own, your own thing that you're saying. Because so you, build, you build your audience, don't you? You build your yeah. audience and the people pay to come and see you tell your joke the way you've been telling your jokes in the clubs, in the, in the venues. So... Yeah they are following you to be authentic and that's the first place where you can't actually lie because yeah. people go you're kind of lying you know yeah. and, and it's your life it's your experience it's your point of view and it's a very powerful tool i just i can't wait to get back out i'm going to be touring next year i, I can't i'll wait. be there really? do you know i, I can't i can't when i was doing eastenders even though i knew it was big I, I would be lying if i said i thought i knew oh girls are going to be looking up to me i I didn't honestly, I wasn't aware of that bit. I wasn't aware of the legacy bit. It's only, it's only when you leave a show like that and people go, oh my God, you were yeah. the only bathroom girl or you were the only this, that you realise, oh my God, I didn't realise the responsibility. But because of the person 
that I was, I just knew there's certain things I can't do on TV and go back to Holston in, in, in <laughs> I can't be safe. Do you know what I mean? So like, I know they wanted us to wash dishes once and soap it and put it in the thing. And I said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I can't do and that. they had to, they said, no, you've got to, we've only got this amount of time. I said, I'm not doing any dishes without rinsing the dishes. I cannot go back to Halston. Doing no. That. no, I mean, look, there's no way I could go back to Halston. No I had to think of my, my immediate safety. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not doing that. That's a meeting. That's a meeting. That's a girl meeting about this, meeting about that. Then the other family yeah. said, "Yeah, she's right. We're not doing it. We're not doing it." So find a way. So they have to make me run the tap and rinse them up. I said, "You okay. <laughs> can film now." A couple of seconds. That's all. Couple of seconds. Yeah, exactly. We can film now. I'm not doing. You know, like, you're just like I can't. I can't do that. And, and then the only, the other thing that I say they did is I they want to be So, what are you going to say, Eva? Sorry, no, it's my. I thought you guys had stopped talking. My thing keeps freezing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It looks like it's fine now. I, what oh, I was yeah. going to ask was um, we were talking earlier about getting older, and um, everybody here looks great. But I, what I think is really important is having those voices, like, you know, to look up to, to have those voices that you can see. Because I remember coming to see you, Angie, and I was being interviewed by you on BBC London. Yes. And it was so, it was so funny because like I had this moment where I was going, you ask me this and that and the other and I was going, <laughs> and you just turned around and went, Ava, you're not saying anything. It, you go, it, everything you're saying, it was just like that 20 years ago. It was just <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So it was, I was like, oh, like, you like, <laughs> nothing you've said new to me, nothing. <laughs> wow. Well, but it was comforting to kind yeah. of have that. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's really, really important to still have the voices out there. And then, because I have younger comedians come to me, I don't do so much stand-up anymore, but I do have um, younger comedians and I'll say, okay, this is a mistake I made and this is a mistake. Do you get a lot of a lot of people trying to get into the industry asking for your help? Me, oh, me I, I mentor about 20 people. I okay. do shops. I've always been somebody that's just wanted to say, look guys, open the door. When I was doing Brothers and that, I knew that there were black des designers, set designers that wouldn't get a look in. And there's a woman called Janelle and she came to me and said, look, I really want to get into this industry. And I said, well, work with me on the Brothers. And then I gave her 40 to do by herself. And if you ever see a set of 40, this is a young black designer. So really it's my responsibility as a must because I was that girl one day going I wonder if I could get in I wonder if I can go and you know go tricycle I mean Judith, Judith wouldn't even know half the time I was looking at her and screaming going, oh God, Judith, you know what I mean and and what and what that meant to me so I must deliberately go out there and find and make sure I let them know that come to my production company you could be a runner come and watch how it's done no big deal because it's not going to change unless we change because there's a group of people who are not changing and then gonna keep that narrative and that that whole behavior going as far as as long as they can mm. interesting with this whole thing with them um, because because there's the whole there's lots of groups now with women actors all together and stuff mm -hmm. and mm. they were talking about um horrible horrid henry Is it yeah horrid henry? Mm -hmm. all right so we've got some actresses on that and things 
and we're talking this is recent still mm. not had any black makeup ladies I, horrible histories horrible histories not had in your hair and, and another show that was also very recent um not had anybody there to do their hair and giving them makeup in this day and age i mean i remember when i started you were like okay yeah that is all right i won't wear any but mm. not today not today to not have the right makeup that is just no i had the first one last year I was doing this advert for Tenor Ladies. <laughs> and, Very nice, lovely. <laughs> and one of my twists, one of my Senegalese twists fell out. And they had this woman and she, she was like, oh my God, what's this woman done? Because I did it the day before she did it in a rush, she didn't do it properly. And this woman put about three black back in. And I was like, never, ever have I ever seen this. She was like, do you know how much work I get because of this? <laughs> like, wow. So she was like, oh, wow. I'm like practically the only person who could do black hair. And they just happen to have her on to, on that set. But yeah, you come out of it looking great. Like when you come out of the makeup room, you come out looking great. Or you've got to bring your own foundation. Yeah. You've got to bring, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, pretty horrific. And you've got to be polite. You're trying to be polite. They're putting on their, your makeup, you know, back in the day. And you go into another toilet, get out your constant <laughs> can remember constant carol and you're sitting there like oh, do you know what i mean and then when they see you, they go oh it looks really good and you're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> questions i remember sitting there being asked do my children all have the same father are you just sitting there going, what this woman has got a uh she's got an, an eyeliner near my eyeball i'm just gonna keep cool i'm gonna oh, oh, just the way you're treated on these sets as well like you said but even the we're talking about so going on to image and stuff there was was it you michelle that brought it up earlier because we really want to get into this now um the guy who was talking about oprah yeah he's, and, um what's it tory pierce isn't it and, andrew, andrew pierce. pierce andrew pierce right and he had said about megan when he looks at megan markle he doesn't see a black woman because she's quite attractive and uh you know not like i can't remember the exact quote oprah when yes. you see Oprah, you see a black woman. He said, yeah. right. see, I don't, when I see Megan, I don't see a black woman. I see an attractive lady. And when you see Oprah, that's a black woman. That's yes. I, I, Wow. In the yes. same sentence. Yes. Wow. So that means as a black woman, you're not attractive then. Yeah. I mean, we've had to come up with it for quite a while. There was that lecturer from LSE that did a whole um, thing. And he said, black women are the least attractive women. Um, you know, how... In an industry that is so focused on looks, has it ever affected you? And you've thought to yourself, have you ever gone home and sort of shrunk in yourself and thought, oh, you know, I feel ugly. I feel, you know, where the pinnacle of the industry is the blonde hair, blue eyed woman. Has it ever taken a knock on your personal confidence? Well, I just learned very, very quickly because I was on the same time as Daniela Westbrook, who was, Blonde, yes. beautiful, the yeah, yeah. the desirable, right? So, so we would go out, and Daniela would get all the photographs, and blah, 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 and I'd, I'd have to like step away while the paps went. Daniela, turn every angle, and then I'd rejoin her, and then we'd enter a club. Do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I learned very quickly that that's not going to be my gig, right? Yeah. Uh, very quickly that my gig can only be based on talent it yeah. cannot ever be based on the way I look it just can't be because I do not have the sellable 
I don't have blonde, blonde hair and blue eyes and I either shrink or I go, okay, well, what's my angle going to be? And my angle was going to be, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to write and I'm going to be in control and I'm going to be as much in control of my career as I can possibly be. So when I left EastEnders, um, one of the actors went, are you sure you want to leave? Like, they wanted me to stay, they'd offered me another contract. And I was like, I absolutely want to leave. Because I, I knew then, even though I was young, the importance of people knowing me as Michelle Gale, as opposed to Hattie. Mm. And I knew if I could let people know me as Michelle Gale, I'll have a chance. And, and, I, and I knew that because of what I could see around me. Because the way I could see how the white actresses were treated, people knew who Michelle Collins' name. People yes. knew Dan Westbrook's name. I knew I had to let people know my name, and that way is through my talent of singing. So I was singing, I come out of my name, people know my name, and I can build from there. And, yes. and that's why I left EastEnders. And, and you know, to, just to support what Michelle was saying, is that you know that whole mindset of you're walking through a red carpet and the lights are flashing before you, and you know that when you start walking through, they're not really going to flash. And so I've done it many a times and walked through, and they, they, they take pictures just to probably make me feel good. You know what I mean? And you kind of go, how come I've never seen those pictures printed anywhere? You know, <laughs> closer, I don't see them in Now Magazine anywhere. But anyway, but you have to find yourself a, a sense of strength, a sense of worth that says, I don't have to need that. If I need that, I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah. I have to yeah. find that I've got to work this thing by myself. And you've got mm. to work within yourself to say, okay, I'm going to build this. I am going to build it. There's five people coming to see me. There's a hundred people coming to see me. Oh my God, I'm in a thousand seater. I'm understanding this money. So no one knows about you, but you sold out last night. Mm. Knows about you, but you've just done a complete tour or you've just box office over 250,000 pounds in theater. I'm not saying that I've done that, tax people. <laughs> But the point is, you're starting to work out how you make your money. And that's done that no profile. Mm. Nobody says to you, hi, we're going to, you know, I've never seen anything that you've done. What have you been up to lately? And you want to go, what have I been up to lately? Um, nothing. Mm. <laughs> I've never found it, like, in the industry. And I think I had to find it so young, going to school, being the only black girl, you know what I mean? And not even having parents in the country and all of that. So I never... So, like, mm. to you, because I remember being on that really short-lived James O'Brien thing and being with that woman saying, I don't like Negroid features. Um, do you remember that UKIP counsellor going, and she was sitting there going, yeah. I, and I'm looking at you, looking like some sausage meat squeezed into a bomb mask dress. Are you crazy? What do you mean you don't like? like so I've never understood. So, Michelle, for you to say that people thought Daniela Westbrook I don't know if I'm, del I, I, I just, I don't know, I can compartmentalise and stuff. So for anyone to say she's prettier than you, to me, it doesn't make sense. That's why I sat there in the show going, but this doesn't make sense. Are you guys all blind? Like, what are you looking at? So I've never had any it's, kind it's of problem. She's I not know. prettier, she's just white. She's not yeah, white. and blonde. I mean, to me, it's never, it's never made sense. So I've never felt destroyed or felt underconfident in that kind of way. Because I've always just thought, oh, I don't, I don't get it. People be sitting there going, oh, sometimes I've seen, I won't name because it's not because I'm going to be bitchy, but I see a blonde haired, blue eyed actress. I think of one actually. And I'm sitting, and everyone's going, beautiful sex. And I'm like, 
I don't see it. it. You know, I've got eyes the size of a frog. I should be able to see, but I can't see what you're talking about. I don't get it. And I'm just like, look, as long as I'm attractive in my own community, I'm fine. And as long as I walk past betting shops in Dalston and men go... Yeah. <laughs> <You're wild. laughs> Can you imagine if Michelle's story was um, Daniela's story, as in the cocaine taking at that age? I wonder if you'd get the same sympathy because it's always been the, the press has never been horrible to her. It, they've really been supportive mm. throughout, and I, and I think it's great. But I wonder, would it have been the same if Michelle Gale was? had this story would it be that or would it be her ancestors who all been drug addict went to prison and this is why she's like who she is do do yeah. i was not willing to take the chance the first time i was ever drunk in my life i was 33 years old that's that's how much i wasn't willing to take the chance so i i didn't believe that i would have that kind of treatment which is why i knew okay i just have to stay I know my track and I know I knew very early that my path is going to be longer than than other actresses paths my white counterparts mm. I knew my journey was going to be longer I knew that very very early and so I just focused on on my journey and I knew that I can't afford to have blips I, can't, I just can't you know so I, I I didn't I like I said I was first time I was drunk I was 33. Wow I think yeah, yeah I've, I've always got my self-esteem and my confidence my whatever from I know I'm not going to get it from there I think I learned that from school when I was mm. six years old in a boarding school with all white children being told that my hair ugly and this and that and the other and I had to get it and what really that is so true what really drummed it home was when my elder daughter died and the circumstances in which my elder daughter died and I was like wow black women can't even grieve can't even grieve and just this whole nonsense that was spoken about. And I was um, doing, speaking to someone about it the other day and I just said, my God, it's like um, how quick people were to fall into a crazy racist narrative. Like, you know, it was like, oh my God, my daughter was painted as this awful abused child. And, and I was like, if this has happened to me, if this is what you're saying to me, and you're talking like I was some, you know, and I'm not saying anything wrong, with being a single mother, having two, three jobs and living on a council estate, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but what I'm saying is I wouldn't have had the time, but my daughter was going to TV shows, she was going to Edinburgh Festival, she was doing this, she was doing that, and then how some people tried to portray her as this abused girl, I was like, it just doesn't matter where you are, where you come from, what you do, that is the narrative that they have for black women, black girls, that, that story. It's the go-to story. Always, they do any investigation, that's the go-to story. Funny. That's not funny. Um, so every week, me and me, I'm having an argument on this show. <laughs> but that's why it is important. You see so many of black girls now from all different ranges of yeah. colour really selling on, on Instagram and social media their beauty. Yes. And and so I applaud that. Yeah. You know, like, it's something that you go, yeah, absolutely, girl, show you're beautiful. You know, let other women hold you up as well because it's yeah. very, very important that people see all colours and shades of black as beautiful. Yeah. And for ourselves, it's not for anybody else. It's for ourselves. No. No, yes, for We're us. not trying to say, oh, do you like us now? Do you like us like this? Or do you like us like that? And that's what I love about where the tide is changing right mm. now. 
is that mm. we are just taking it on and saying, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. We're not, we don't have nothing more to prove now. And sisterhood getting on board like we are right now, mm. we need to be and stay because that's powerful. That's mm. powerful. And that even if we don't know each other, we have to lend ourselves to each other. We yes. have to celebrity to each other. We have to lend finance to each other. We have to be able to say, maybe you can't get that person on your, your podcast. Because how many times have we all done things where people said, oh my God, I didn't think that you'd do it. I didn't think you'd yeah. <laughs> It's so important to say yes, because they need our credibility to get them to the next stage. How could you say no? How could you pass us off to agents? And, and, and that, that whole behavior was very much 80s, 90s. Right now, we've got freedom. We can say, how can I help? If we're not helping somebody, you're failing. This isn't yeah. like that. I think, and like, also, going back to the... Sorry, Aisha, did you want to say something? I just wanted to ask, just um, in terms of what you guys were saying about uh, confidence and uh, in how you looked and also how you're treated by the media, if you think it would be any different in America, because we know so many black actors and actresses from the UK and talent from the UK has gone over to the States because we're treated better there, which is ironic because they have a very different but terrible race situation, but just in terms of actually in the business. But it's their terrible race situation which makes it different. So they had separate stuff, you know? So, like, yeah. I remember being in New York and looking at the TV magazine. It was, like, the top 10 programmes in the black household, the top 10 programmes in the white household. Because they were able to develop something to such a point where you can be separate and you can be a millionaire, um, you know, a billionaire. Like, well, not over because she of crossover, but you could be a millionaire in black circles and play mm-hmm. nothing but black circles. Tyler. You do nothing. Uh, Perry, Tyler, Tyler, that's exactly Perry, what exactly. he's done. He's made his money strictly within right. the community. Exactly. So because they had that separation that we, we've we got one, but it's a, you know, it's a hidden one. It's a, we're pretending to be together in the way that they go. Yeah. That's why I think it is much easier for a, um, a black person, but they still don't get their props. It's like, Viola Davis said, treat me like a Meryl Streep then, pay me like a Meryl yeah. Streep. Yeah, you don't yeah. do that, you know? So I think there is, they have it easier in, in, in certain kinds of ways and not. And I think um, sort of going back to what we were saying, like in terms of me getting my confidence just from within myself, I used to read a lot as a kid. So, you know, I don't know, I just in my own world really, basically most of the time. And so I'm quite tough when certain things ha- happen to me and whatever. But I think in terms of, the biggest example you can see of it doesn't matter what you do. That's what I learned really. It doesn't matter if, what your background is. It doesn't matter what your accent is. It doesn't matter whatever. You're black, you're black, you're black, you're black. If you have like a, a even like Meghan Markle is the biggest example. The biggest yeah. example. I mean, she herself says she's white passing. She says she's been in conversation with people don't even realize her mum's black until it's too late. till they've said something and look at the way that she's treated. I mean, she's so softly spoken, she's privately educated, she's, you know, and she's still now being called a bully, yes. being called aggressive, being called an angry black woman, being, you know what I mean? So that to me is what I show younger black women when I'm talking, you can't do anything. You can, the only thing you can do is be yourself. And if you want to be angry, be angry. Yeah. I, not to be angry, no. I'll be angry, I'm not nice. And the thing is, and, you know, we, you know, we, if anybody should be angry, it should actually be us. Yeah. Quite a lot to be angry about, but we've always had to manage it so that we make people feel comfortable. You know, you're talking about Meghan um, um, now, Harry and Meghan now. It's 
to see Meghan go to Oprah Winfrey is the most powerful thing that I've seen in a, in, in a long time. To go and sit at home with her sister friend and say, this is what happened. And I think there's so much, there's so many layers on that, that it's just so powerful. And then, as I was saying earlier, for Oprah to be able to say, I can house your pain. I can house your pain better than anybody else out there right now. And that's for me, the big thing. That's the take home for me. Because this is something very powerful about what we're going to witness in the next day. And it's Oprah. And they can't take away the fact that Oprah, yeah. Oprah has crossed over in all different manners. And that's Whoa. why the beef industry wanted to sue her because she'd said something. So she's really, and to have Oprah, to have uh, Megan on the show, and it's both of them that's going to be doing it, and not Piers Morgan, who oh. would have died to have had them, had the conversation with them. But it's not him. It is Oprah. And it is one of the biggest forums ever to have her, to have her to interview them. And I can't believe that the, 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 I don't know who is advising the royal family, but for them to want to (laughs) put out all this stuff now. Yeah. And they are very, on a very, very delicate ground because her son, he needs to be looked at, right? And everybody's talking about her son, but we're not, if we throw shit at at, at Meghan, then we'll pretend that we don't know what her son has been up to. He's and also called out, and then they have not put him up to be seen against it. Is, with, with, sorry, just quickly. The thing about Harry, Harry has gone to a black woman and said, I found peace. Yes. Bite down. <laughs> Look, the, 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 I think they've had terrible advice. And what the country have to yeah. remember, I don't even understand how they do not realise Harry, when he walked behind his mother's coffin god bless him right and he saw what the firm or whoever you want to call it the people in the corridors did to his mum remember the stories they had about his mum yes right yes so they harangued his mum they hounded his mum they told the world his mum's mad all this kind of stuff they did on his mum how do you not see that you're going to trigger that boy yeah if you do that to his wife i don't understand where, where their logic is, where their empathy is. This is someone who was m- mentally wounded, emotionally wounded by the death of his mum. And now you are doing the exact same things to his wife that yes. his mum went through. But guess what? He couldn't protect his mum, but yeah. he can protect his wife. And that is what Harry is doing. Harry is saying, second time around, I can do this. I can step up. I think... That's a lot for that guy's shoulders to take Absolutely. emotionally and mentally to have to fight them after knowing what they did to his mum. They need to bring him in. I, I, I will not, and, I'm, and I know this sounds strange and, and it's a strange prediction, but I think depending on how this goes, someone in the royal family may apologise to them. No, they, won't. they played they this. Won't. Do you know they what I think won't. it? They won't. Because they've played this so badly the advice has been so bad it's been very bad that, that what you're looking at is actually people going why should it pass to charles why should it pass to william just end it with with queen elizabeth now people are actually talking like that right i hear them well, you see the thing so, is as well, the thing is as well to remember is that this whole um, wedding that we watched and witnessed was a teachable moment for the whole world to say there's change Change has come at last. 
in that in in that world. It was a time everybody, the whole world, was watching to see. Wow, could this really happen? We saw black pastors, we saw choirs, we saw we saw a moment where the world looked like it was going to change. And what happened? It didn't change. The people didn't change. The press didn't change. No, they did not. They have felt so badly. And whilst we're offsetting watching The Crown, we're actually watching history in a drama simultaneously as this is happening. So the younger generation are watching, because you know what? This old generation have been running this thing for such a long time. They've been creating this dangerous, evil, wicked narrative. You've only got to listen to the radio. You've only got to listen to um, the TV shows when they're talking and they've got guests and they're lying and the venom that is coming out. You think, my God, you guys don't want to change. You absolutely refuse to change. And this was a teachable moment. But the way- I think this is just in Britain. I think the rest of the world are seeing it for, for, for what it is. And, I hope so. and she's not just the Queen of Britain. She's the Queen of the Commonwealth. And I think at the end of the day, the rest of the world are seeing it for what it is. So Brit- Britain, in, in that capacity, okay, are failing their own people. Because the yeah. rest of the world are seeing it. And I, I know it sounds strange, but I will honestly not be surprised if there's an apology i honestly will wow not well i will phone them. your ass up if i mail, ever see phone, that. the daily mail the daily mail the daily mail was supposed to apologize the daily mail was supposed to apologize today or this sunday they were supposed to apologize for the lawsuit that that, that they'd gone through they did their front cover has not is is been this in the same keeping because they're saying, you're not going to tell us. These are people that say, you don't tell us how to be. If we want to be like this, this is how we're going to... Listen to LBC. Listen yeah, to yeah I'm not talking about the press. The press won't apologise. I just think a senior member of the royal household... But they've been fed. They've been fed by the... They've been fed by... They've had terrible advice. They've had terrible advice. And if they just employ someone with advice... They don't apologize. I think what you what we they never apologized. What, what they did with Diana. Yeah. Remember, they went and they and they changed the flag when Tony Blair spoke to them. They can they can when they realize who That's they're playing with. That's you're so optimistic, What we're talking about That's changing now. a flag like we change our flannels. That is my what, what I'm saying. What I think is this, right? This is what I know from growing up and, and observing and stuff. Rich white people not apologizing. Okay. Uh, they're not apologizing for anything and they will do the bare minimum because what you're looking at with the royal family is the pinnacle of white supremacy. Mm. White supremacy is something that is only concerned with its own survival. Mm. So if, a wh- if white supremacy has to survive, they will do the bare minimum that they have to do. That is why years ago, they will open up the, 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 they will open up the floodgates. Do you know what I mean? They'll open up a tiny little crack. So... Jews weren't considered white. Polish people weren't considered white. As people are growing and changing, they will adapt a little bit. They will let a couple of those people in. They will go, okay, you can be considered white for this. But they will always remind those people within this is the place that you have. And you can't get more white supremacists than, than the royal family. So they had thought by adjusting and having Meghan in there, like the you know, the least black mixed race woman that you looking woman you could find, that they were doing something. And then it goes back to that whole be grateful thing. Well, how yeah. dare she not be grateful? How dare you not apologize? If anything came, it's not genuine, they don't care. It will be to adapt and survive. That is what oh, yeah. they've done for, for years and years and years. 
they've done this thing where they've done this they they pretended to have these um the, the royal reviewers watch they they which which was mad they pre- pretended to watch the interview with Oprah and Meghan. oh it yes. hasn't been out yet and it's, and it's brilliant because it just shows the hypocrisy yeah. They, they go, so you know you haven't seen it. They go, yeah, 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 but we know it'd be about a spine point. Yeah. Yes. And they yeah. started to criticize her for something they haven't even seen. Don't under yes, exactly. Don't underestimate the protecting the royal underestimate how bad they think they're protecting the royal family by attacking Meghan and Harry. Yes. But Harry. But Harry's the wild card. This is what people don't realize. He's always been. Harry is holding fire. That's why them guys have got to tr- really think about what they're doing. Because if Harry steps to the plate and starts talking, that's when they're finished. So I would say to them now, get some new advisors. Get some new <laughs> advisors on board. Because and, and because like two and a half years later, it won't be because they it won't be because they get it will be for survival. It will be for survival. It will be to save face. Because at some point, William is meant to be king, and these two boys need to square their relationship before William is king. Because I think there's going to be trouble if they don't. I'm being honest. Also, they'll, they'll, they'll go silent. They'll go silent. I don't think they'll. I personally, I don't see how they will apologize. All they know is that. Um, Harry has got information, inside information. Why do they think Meghan wanted to leave? Not because of her. She could have never said to Harry, Harry, no. go. Harry would have had to say to her, I'm leaving and I'm yeah. with me. And she would have said, you know what? I'm supporting you. Because they're making it sound like she said to him, give all of that up and come. Yes. I'm trying to get out for a long time. She well, plotted it according to, to the press. She manipulated the whole marriage. Oh, yeah. She it knew sounds... he was going to find her somewhere in America. <laughs> I love her. It's, um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's because even if they do see find a black woman or a black woman perceived as attractive, then you're beguiling, then you're bewitching. Yes. Then, you know what I mean? Yeah. They might as well just, do you know what I mean, instead of vaginas, we have voodoo boxes or something. <laughs> like, you know, they can never, ever accept that it's just like, oh, well, maybe he just likes that woman. She had to trick him. She had yeah. to make him, yeah. She had to be sly. That's what, well, that's what we do, isn't it? You know, we have to, we're charming in a way. This man can't help himself. He's a grown man, though. You know what yeah. I mean? He's had however many women before, but it was this one. Yeah. Him. No you know, I think it's... Um, for a man to be attracted to a black woman, unless... She has done any of these things. Some it can't magic, just you? be that a black woman is attractive. Her personality is beautiful to him. The way she looks is beautiful. To him. Completely impossible. It is not even up for discussion that that's actually something. That's and possible. also, well, they keep saying that you know he won't be able to come back. He won't be able to come back. And this is really who wants to live with their family? Put your hands up now if you want. <laughs> I'm going to the Caribbean and stay in hotels. Nobody wants to do that. It is not healthy. It is not normal. And for him to be able to get up and go to another country, that's normal. That's acceptable. But they feel so rejected because Kate doesn't do it. Be honest. Kate and William do not do it. They're very boring. Every time I see Kate, I think, I feel nothing. But I don't hate you. I just feel nothing. And Megan just comes in and says, just by sitting still, I disturb you. Do we know how much power we've got? Do we relate to that? I was going to say that, Angie. I was going to go back to what you said earlier, um, where you said 
Harry's with Megan and he found peace. And that's what I find when I'm around black women friends, sister friends. Yeah. I feel peace. I feel like, do you know what I mean? You feel understood. It's hell, right? You feel, yes, yes, exactly what it is. And you feel well, understood. You don't have to explain something. I always you say walk like- into a room, You walk into a room and there's a sister there and you're like this. Yeah. <laughs> and you literally say, God. you're saying, is everything cool here? Are you mm-hmm. a black woman that I can relate to? Do you see me as a sister? Because just by a look, and then you know, yeah. come the lunchtime, we're going to hand back a little bit. And we're going to be going together. Yes. I always say, like, um, the gay community have gaydar and we have nuada. Yeah. We can look yes. at each other and we can have an entire conversation. I remember being in the Royal Vauxhall Tavern with David Alexander, black Canadian comedian. We had a conversation by looking at each other. We knew what was happening. We knew what was going down with this certain situation. And we didn't yeah. have to say a damn word. We Absolutely. just looked at it. And I think, but yeah. In Budapest, but when you get out of the Budapest every day. <laughs> I was in Budapest the other day and I was I, I, I was like craving to see a black person mm. and then um, this woman was with her fella who was a white, was a white guy but she came in had her mask on but it was really one of these with her mask it really was yeah. and she laughed and I laughed we weren't near each other she was laughing over there I was laughing over here and I thought oh my god we've just done that thing we've gone yeah, hey. <laughs> and the protection, the protection that we, every time I see like a black woman in the situation or something's not happening, I tend to walk very slow and give her like, you're good? Everything yeah, good? Yeah. here? Because, you know, can, can I help you? Just like what's happening now with um, um, Megan, we're all rising up. Black women are literally going, she's saying, the things that you're saying to her are the things that you'd love to have said to me. Mm-hmm. Why we can kind of pick it up. And this is why we feel defensive because we realise this is what you believe. You hear the phone-ins, you hear the talk shows and you hear the snide remarks. How many times have you sat around with women and gone, I know what you lot are trying to say, but you don't want to say it. And so we have such yeah. empathy for her where we're listening, to, looking at her going, go and get your help. She's a pregnant woman. She's lost a child. Yeah. This is mother. Walk behind the coffin. Jesus, what more do you lot want? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's all the, um, I remember Anne Whittacombe, I was on that Big Brother, Big Mouth or whatever, Big Brother bit on the side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anne Whittacombe was talking about Megan, just scares me, I'm terrified, I'm terrified. I was like, oh, is, is, is that a dog whistle? Is that a dog Anne? whistle? We know exactly what they're Anne Whittacombe can eat her. Exactly. An interesting point that was made though, oh gosh, we're running out of time. Um, an interesting point that was made was, um, it's mainly black women who are saying stuff for Megan. Like mixed race women, I'm not seeing any prominent mixed race women saying much. I'm not prominent, but I've been saying plenty. Um, <laughs> a backer, I've had her back since I checked her hairline on suits and recognised that she was part black. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, I think I've definitely vocally backed her, but also because exactly what Andy said, all those things that I just can't put my finger on, I never liked her. All those things, all those things yeah. that you said about, it doesn't matter my proximity to whiteness they still say those things about me so I don't know where where's Akala where's Miss Dynamite where are you lot you know the thing is you know like a lot of things you know there are a lot of us that speak very heavily about television and diversity and whatever and there'll be a group of people who will be letting us speak out in the front and then they'll go and do the meetings we'll be out here championing knowing that we're going to probably get 
the door shut behind us and there'll be somebody going in because that person who we've been targeting feels like I better do something and then somebody else slips through the door doesn't bring up anything that you've been fighting for yeah this yeah. is where the line has to be drawn now it's like are you are you with us or are you against us and it sounds really like you know because you can't do the the um I don't want to get involved because yeah. it comes to you and they do come for you yeah and then they come for me Yes. You want to know that there are going to be a group of women around you that go just by this. Listen, the other day Nadine was getting harassed by um, some the MP. MP. Oh. MP. We all just went on media and went, not this one. Absolutely. Not Leave this one alone. Don't come for her. And then the I, I would say to you now, though, Ange, the mm. people that are speaking up are the people being called into the room. If I'm honest with you now, no, 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 no. don't even let me start on that one. Don't really? There's but a from, lot of from people. what I know, the people, a lot of people, the people I, that are I, speaking up are yeah, the ones that are getting called into the room. They're speaking up and they're saying a few things, but they're speaking up, and you and I know what speaking up means. I'm not talking the intelligent conversation or telling me about, you know, 25,000, whatever percentage and blah, blah, blah. So it's just me, this means that I'm not talking that kind of speak up. I'm talking about you get into a position and you shut up because secretly you're doing it for yourself. Right. Let's right. be straight up honest. Yeah, we could be out here ranting and we could be out here whatever, but nobody wants to bring nobody to the table anymore. Yeah. Because they've already set their table up and it's not for you to come to. So we've got lots of layers. We've got lots of stuff. Okay, I don't know if that's happening. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's happening. It's just because I speak to people. You're not sure if it's happening or you don't... You no, don't no, no, no. It. It's just because I know a lot of the people that speak up are getting called into writers' rooms, as far as I know. A lot of the people right. that are very, very, very vocal are yeah. getting called you mean? Do you mean in the last year? Because I mean, last year yeah, with the, the George yeah, Floyd yeah. thing, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was ostracized for a long, long time. Were you? Time. Some, yeah, God, Jesus, for the stuff that I say. And yeah. um, but last year, like with the, like I said, the Today program, then came the articles, then came me talking about racism in comedy and things that I've been speaking about for a long, long time. I was starting to get called because yeah. I think I think last year there was a full-on panic. Yeah. So maybe, so maybe, so maybe, maybe that's ha- maybe I'm thinking about the last year. Because as far as I know, because yeah. I speak to right. people that speak up, like yeah. they're getting called because I phone, I phone because I know people have asked me to find people, and I only call the people that really speak up because I just feel like you really speak up. I feel like you should be heard in a book or heard in it, heard as widely as possible. So, so I would say that, yeah. In, and I think the, the last year. I think the last year, the last year has been a great year for a lot of people to move forward and look like we're having this conversation. Mm. The, the testing will be this year and next year to see if those things have longevity. I agree. Absolutely, because that's agree. the thing. Because we always because uh, the eighties. Why the eighties were so good? It's because it came after the riots. And then they wanted to feed us with stuff, give us programs, henceforth no problem, and all the other stuff that started to come out. I didn't even thought of that, Judith. I didn't even thought of that. that Oh, yeah. Yes, that's what happened. And now it's happened again. Now they want to do all these black works because, you know, George Floyd's happening. We're we're right on. We're going to show you where we're on it. So they've accepted all this work, which I don't know whose it is, because it's not mine, we put forward. But anyway, it's nothing else. Um, (laughs) and, And so there's, again... We're, we're, we're flavoured because there's been a lot of 
noise is made, but it's after the quiet, the quiet. I want to see in two, three years time, we still take our foot off the gas. We can't, we can't. have to keep pressing ahead. That's where Angie's right. There's no time for silence. Yeah, there's no even now. if you're in the room, there's no time for silence, there's no time to shut up. We have to keep pressing ahead and forging ahead. This cannot just be a moment, this is a movement. Movement that's this exactly right. has to sustain. Exactly. Has very to lucky in this, this time speak, as well, because yeah. we've got so in this time, um, we've got really social media, so people are able to do stuff that they probably would never been able to do, but we can use social media. And so people are driving their work through doing YouTube stuff and doing other yeah. things, but then they get noticed. And I know that you are the queen of that, Angie. You have used social media to your advantage and mm-hmm. people are coming to you. So that's what we've got also, which we didn't have before. Sorry. Yeah. I agree with that. And, but we're having a new enemy now that is just like, um, the people who thought they were right on before, like there's an ex head of BBC diversity who spends a lot of time attacking me. Um, what? Because she was like, um, I think she believes that her, with us being allowed to speak for ourselves now, it's like Malcolm X always said, and Martin Luther King, they always said, it's the liberals. Those are the ones you kind of have to watch. And I think right. yesterday she was slandering me saying, Ava Vidal's got no credibility. She defends Pretty Patel. Um, promotes Islamophobia and stuff. I'm like, oh, sit the fuck down. You know what I mean? Is there, is there a black lady? Is no, a black lady? No, 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 no. That's a no, problem. The white was people, our voice before, you see. Yes, the Any white problem I've ever had in the industry as, has been a white middle class woman. I'm being straight. Right. Yeah. And that the is only problems head. I've ever, ever, ever had in this industry has been with that particular type. And so that, I'm afraid, does not surprise me. Mm. There's, there's a certain, when they talk about fragility, there's a certain, yeah. it, I, I couldn't put a term to it. And then when someone came up with the term, I was like, that's fragility. what it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a certain fragility that, like someone said, you can just sit in the room and you feel it. And you know you're not going to get the job. And yeah. you, you know oh. how uncomfortable yeah. you've made that person feel just by turning up. Right? Listen, the thing to do is, as black women is learn to cry. We've got to learn to cry. <laughs> You've got to learn to just feel emotional and cry. I say that to my daughter. If you're in a situation, <laughs> just cry because people lean to that. Black women are told to be strong and whatever, and so we don't do nothing. I've sat down and I've seen white women cry. I agree that we shouldn't be strong all the time. I, I, I think that that's dangerous for us. I think that's it's a dangerous thing that we think we have to be strong. And, and we Absolutely need to tell these- be able to be. There are other emotions out there that we need to access. Very, very free and without shame. And without shame. We is okay to and have our own, yeah. and really have our own voice. Vulnerable. Really have Absolutely. our own voice where we say, please don't tell us how this makes me feel. Please don't tell me if I like blah, blah, black sheep, have you any wool? I've actually never thought of that. Yeah. Not interested in those things that you keep telling me that is offending me. Yes. To, 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 to deal with. And we keep getting distracted because other people come into our community and distract us by telling us, you must feel this or yeah. you feel that then. And then they go off and change their, change their mind. I'm still left here as a black woman. I'm still black. I'm still a black woman. Yeah. i to change that. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So we are running, we've really run out of time. Um, oh. When we first started, we were like uh, going into way crazy territory. We're trying to pull this to a white person's hour. 
This is the only white thing we're doing. <laughs> you should have like, put, show, you put this on that hour at the end of that. Do you guys have any final things you want to say? We're all going to try and watch Megan tonight, right? If not, we're watching yeah, We are all going to watch Megan tonight. But I just want to say thank you, ladies. It's so nice to have a chat. And just, you know, oh, Michelle, there was a question. Oh, yeah, carry on, carry on, ladies. There was a question for you. All right, no, well, I, I echo that, Michelle. It's been great to see you, to see you, and I miss you on a Sunday. I have to say, I have oh. to be out there. I miss you on the Sunday. Lovely oh. to see you, Aisha. Well done, Ava, for getting us together. Thank you. That's really that fantastic. I feel like I've gone out to, you know, like, I know, I put some lipstick on. <laughs> I washed my hair, my lockdown hair. Jesus! Wait, man. I've no, got there's... to wash my hair. It's gone past that time now. I think I'm going to hang my hair up in a minute. You know. <laughs> Aisha, where's the question we have for Michelle? Where did it come from? Uh, it was on Twitter. Did you send it to me? Let me have a look. Uh, I think it was just. Uh... About Twitter. We had this um, whole war happening on Twitter about. Uh, we've got slave mentality. We don't, uh, you are always blaming people. And I stopped talking to this person. This woman was carrying on. I said to him, her, stop giving him so much oxygen. And she said, no, he's got things he needs to learn. And you know what? This has been going on for a week. She's what? still there battling with this man who does everything. It's all negative. He's so negative. I don't know why you even want to carry on talking to this man. But yeah. we are. To look at Israel. They've all come together. Every other country except for African people. All they want to do is have children and don't have their parents around. I mean, a black is, guy. A black no, guy. well, no, he's, I don't know who he is. He's that's nasty. Everything that comes out of his mouth is nasty. And she's there really educating him. I'm like, what? You've got time, girl. She's She's got time. Time. I haven't got time for that. After a bit, oh, you can cut that off. I'm not a teacher. Put money in no, the PayPal no. and I'll answer you. Otherwise, forget it. Yeah, um, you pay me to teach you. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. I, haven't got, I haven't. I used to do it for a while and then you just realized no point. Yeah, um, I came out of it and I can only reason because my name is still tagged because I was the original person that yeah. it started with and this girl came in to back me and then she's just carried it on I'm like you okay, know what I found oh God. there's the three dots on the side you can press them underneath it says mute this conversation <laughs> that's my <laughs> one now the mute I, button is beautiful yes <laughs> that, that's awesome. is that your it's thing I wish you could have one in life <laughs> delete uh, a, a question for Michelle um, what was your process for writing what is now many's favourite episode of a discovery of witches um, right yes yes Episode, I wrote episode, nine. Episode, nine. Episode, nine. I wrote episode nine of A Discovery of Witches, uh, which is on now Sky. And it was very, very tough. It, it's, uh, it's a trilogy, the book's trilogy, and it's really popular. And um, she really knows her books, uh, Deborah Harkness. Harkness. And, and then you've got Jane Trange at the top of, of the tree of the production company, and then all the people in between who are trying to deliver that book in the most visceral way possible. And that's probably the hardest writing job I've ever had, I must say. It's really, really hard. But I, when you see it on screen, it makes it all worth it because the team are amazing. But the, I, you write draft after draft after draft on that, on that programme because they are very, very, very specific on what they need on screen. And so you just, once you're in, you're in. And, mm. and, and you have a few drafts before you're, you're out of there, put it that way. 
Okay. Yeah. But it was, um, it's just a, a great process to see and to be a part of, to be honest, because you're seeing people at the top of their game doing whatever it takes to make sure they deliver a good show. And sometimes that takes ripping up the whole script and starting yeah. again. And you might be that person that's got ripped up the script, but, and you're, you're really upset at the time, but actually when you see the end product, you're like, okay, I get it. Wow. But it's hard. That is yeah. hard. Yeah. You, I asked you one of the questions already about sort of the real McCoy. And did you think that social media um, helped sort of, get that back on or get it rediscovered or found um but what I know that you were doing that live chat show and that was really good like what what where would you like to go career-wise now because you've like I said you've done so you've done you've done it all <laughs> not enough I haven't done it all I'm waiting for the action film where I am the badass I don't necessarily want to be one you like I get the job done and I can fight my own battles. That's the one I'm waiting. Mish, write it. We should I'll write, write it. it. I can see now the Black Terminator man. Trust yeah. me. You, yeah, you, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna be Linda Hamilton part. You're gonna be Sarah Connor. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. Already. <laughs> and I'm Angie, and what I'm waiting for that script when I'm like a kick-ass does her thing, you know, maybe a detective or something, but she does her stuff. Maybe a Luther, maybe that kind of look. Because you don't necessarily have to like her, but she's tough. She does her stuff. I definitely want to do that. And I'd like to do another one of my yabbers, to be fair. I'd like that to um, go out somewhere. That really was great. It. I did that with um, Harvey, so solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, little Mimi came along. I loved that show. It, it was, was great. I got to find out so much stuff. I had Angie as a guest. Yeah, I didn't have you. Do, English, it, on, do had, it online. Do it online. Online, which is the other thing. But so much people are doing it, so I need to find another outlet because I've seen lots of people now doing that kind of thing. But okay, yeah. Find another yeah. angle on it and then, yeah. And Angie, your son Travis is a successful comedian now. Mm -hmm. um, a, well, I've seen your shows. I know the answer. How did you feel when he first started doing comedy? And B, has he ever nicked any of your material? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Travis told me that he wanted to be a stand-up, I thought to myself, well, I've worked so hard to put you lot through education to make you go and choose great lives. So you come back and tell me you want to do stand-up. I would have cut all that out. But I think for him... I just, the first time I saw him, I was like, oh, okay, you can actually do this. And sometimes when we're talking on the phone, we'll, we'll be busting jokes. And I, and I have to say, we'll go, I'm going to I'm gonna use that. And he'll go, well, actually, i got a gig tonight. I'm going to use it. <laughs> and there's been times where we've kind of shared jokes. I've sat and gone, that's mine. And I said to him before, that's my joke, right? He goes, yeah, but you know what? If you're my mum, I can tell you. <laughs> that's so, like changing clothes isn't it you can wear each other's clothes so it's fine you can just take the odd little jokes there but you know the future is great right now you know we're writing shows we're, we're doing um a drama series of brothers that i wrote is now coming through as a drama series michelle girl was in that and 40 i'm writing it as a film now i've got a kids program um, kids um book coming out and went to america and my gospel musical we went to tyler perry studios and down and spoke with them and they love it so we're moving forward the world is still open and all i would say the dreams that we had that were old that we thought were old and mm -hmm. that we were rejected for because somebody who didn't understand it didn't mm -hmm. get that one person what i get to say and i get to test my work in front of an audience audience don't lie they just don't show up mm -hmm. 
And my owners have always said, yeah, we'll come again. So those are the people that I trust. And let's keep blowing up the work that we've got. And, and, and Angie, Angie's the answer. Right, like, I remember my agent saying to me, um, I've got a script from Angie's and Mark. Yes, I just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Then I read it. I was like, "Thank God, it's good." Because I just said, (laughs) "Angie's so talented. She's so hardworking. She's prolific. She must not stop. She cannot stop because we know, Angie. You know your love. We we know, and Mm. it will just amplify and amplify and amplify because there's only one way it can go when you have your talent. So so like like everyone." Like I always knew, and like you know, the journey's just you just got a longer journey. You just got yeah. you just got a longer journey, but there's only one result. Yeah. Only one result, <laughs> yeah. Angie. There's only and the, one result. And and that's the thing. When you when people say, you know, how long you've been doing it, this is what I do. Yeah. This is who I am. And the only time it stops is when God says it's time to come home. I go, I've got one more line. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think what's um, really important as well is if there are any young black girls watching this, young black women, um, is to just see that there's room for everybody. You know, I think for for very many years, there was like, you have to be this type of black woman or that type of black woman or whatever. And now what I really like when I look out and I turn on TV or I go and I see a stand-up show, uh, I'm lying, I don't go and see stand-up shows, but, you know, when I see the, when I see the flyers, but I do know there's, like, there's, this like, you do see so many different types of, of, of black women. Yeah. And I do think, if you are sitting out there, you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I fit in or whatever. That's the whole point of this business. You're not really meant to. So mm-hmm. really go out there and empower, you know, feel it. I hope you feel empowered by watching this. I want to thank our guests today. Thank you, Angie Lamar. Like, oh my thank God, you. you know what I feel about you. I've met you so many times. I know. Probably annoyed you. She does know. She is. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michelle, love you to pieces. And thank you. you. Love you as well. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I really do appreciate it. Um, I would you. love to come for another hour, um, but no. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. Do we get a shot? Do we, do we get a picture shot that we can get so we can promote? Yeah, because we're not going now, are we? We're only saying goodbye to the show's sake. We'll say goodbye to the show. but Yeah, I haven't stopped recording, but yeah. All right, I, we can do a picture shot. I'm going to stop recording now. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>